the fire. A lot of Latinos and Blacks, we grow up automatically thinking we're Democrats. And like, I was like, why? So then um, as I was growing in my faith and learning about the word, I just seen that the Democrat Party was against all my godly moral values. I was like, I'm against killing babies. So that led me, I started doing my research and I see what? Democrats, they founded the KKK. And I was like, what? How come they didn't teach him that in school? Mm -hmm. I started reading about the past of the Democrats, like even Margaret Sanger was a racist. Like, mm -hmm. always, I'm like, how come they don't ever talk about none of that stuff in school, the racist past of the Democrats? So I, I was like, as a Christian, I could no longer support this party. They go against all my godly moral values. Welcome to Through the Fire, cutting through the passions, clearing the smoke, of the cultural confusions of the world today. Talking God's love and God's solutions from a biblical Christian worldview. And now, here's your host, Marie and Gregory Seltz. The doctors are in. Hello, hello everybody. I'm Marie coming to you today from the great city of St. Louis, Missouri, where we are anticipating all things baseball. Greg is in D.C. meeting with a Family Values Action Senators and Congressmen this week, talking about some of the tougher current issues impacting families in our nation. And today, I'm talking about a very important topic in the news, Latino-Hispanic voter impact. This topic really matters and how Latinos vote will impact our parents' voice and how our children are educated, how tax money supports abortions, our right to make decisions regarding our health and under-tested vaccines, the Second Amendment, First Amendment, and so much more. My guest to discuss this topic is Jesse Holguin, the founder of Lexit. Lexit was founded in 2018 by Jesse after he realized that Latinos were being misinformed and used by the Democratic Party in order to keep their vote and leave them powerless. Since its inception, Lexit has been moving with a ferocious speed, organizing multiple rallies throughout the nation, attended by hundreds. Jesse is attending many speaking engagements on college campuses and wherever people invite him. Additionally, Lexit utilizes its far-reaching social media platforms and has many influencers in every state. The Trump administration invited Jesse to the White House six times to attend events and represent the Latino voice, and Lexit has no plans to stop or slow down until all Latinos are educated, that they do not have to vote Democrat because the media says so. And speaking of that, I want to have Jesse introduce himself and tell you a bit about his story, because, you know, the Lord uses broken pieces for his good purpose, and my, Jesse, how the Lord has used you. Man, thank you, sister. Thank you for having me on. And man, that was a good intro. You <laughs> laid it out, out, out right there pretty good. But uh, yeah, uh, we started Lexit about over just over three years ago. And uh, do you want me to start my story right now? Yes, start please do, because it's quite a story. Okay, well, I grew up, my whole life uh, was wanting to be a gang member in, into gangs. And the reason uh, why is because every single male in my family was a gang member. So like my father, my uncles, my cousins, my brothers, like every single male was a gang member. So I always grew up looking up to that lifestyle, wanting to get in gangs as far as I can remember, like other kids would maybe want to be a movie star or athlete or something like that. I would always, my goal was to be a gang member into gangs. So I ended up getting into gangs uh, very young and my, family was like notorious whatever you want to call it around my neighborhood where i grew up at la puente california so 
they all had a good reputation and all that kind of respect and all that. So I wanted to earn my own name and all that. So I started trying to do my own, make my, do my own stuff. So trying to earn my own respect. So I started doing shootings and just doing like a lot of gang banging like that. And um, I ended up being like that. I got arrested at 16 for several shootings. So I went, uh, I got sentenced to several years. I went to the youth authority. That's, um, they call it gladiator school, right? Mm. Especially it wasn't in those days. It was really bad in those, that was junior prison. So everybody, all the kids there are team, whatever, are doing years. So in the in there, it was crazy because all the ones in there were like the craziest ones from all the different gangs, like the craziest ones were in there. So uh, by the time I got out of there, I was all institutionalized. Like it, it made me worse. Like I got out and I was like a gang banging machine. All I cared about was my gang. I didn't care about my family, friends, nothing like that. I was just the gang and like that. So um, like my story starts kind of um, where I, I, so I ended up being like the shot caller for my gang because I was doing so much stuff and I was all crazy and all that, whatever, when I hit the streets. So then I started running my gang. So I had the power, everything. Mm-hmm. But um, so I was working, my story starts, I was working with some older Christian man and he was an ex-gang member too. And he was a Christian man, and I was raised Catholic, you know, whatever like that. But he was an older Christian man, and um, as I'm working with him, he started sharing the gospel with me, and I never heard it the mm-hmm. way he was sharing it. He was telling me about Jesus, and just the way he was sharing the gospel. I never, being a Catholic, going to my life, going to church, my pretty much all my life. I never heard it the yeah. way how he was saying. So I was listening. That's why anybody that's listening to this, if you're a believer. Don't ever get discouraged when you're sharing with somebody or they're young or whatever, thinking that they're not hearing you. Because I heard what he was saying at the time. He probably would have said, this little knucklehead gang member, he ain't hearing me, what I'm saying when I'm sharing the gospel with them. But I heard what he was saying to me, mm-hmm. and it changed my whole life and changed many other lives, but just by him sharing what he was sharing with me. But anyways, so he's sharing with, with me, and I'm listening to him, and I tell him, you know what? That sounds good. Maybe um one day I'll go to church. I told him maybe if I ever get married or something like that, maybe <laughs> I'll go to church. I said, but um I don't think I could be forgiven. I did too many things. I and then we already I was gonna do another shooting that night. My oh homeboys my they already had the stolen car and the guns and all that. They were just waiting for we got to work and we we're gonna go and do another shooting. But I didn't tell my boss and all that. I just said. I ain't ready. I said, I don't want to be no hypocrite. I don't want to be a half step, or I ain't ready. Maybe one day I said, because you know what? I don't think I could be forgiven. And he told me, no, nah, you can't be forgiven. You never heard the story about like King David in the Bible. And I said, no. And he was like, yeah, he was a great man of God. And he was sleeping with the soldier's wife. And he had a soldier killed. He's like telling me the story. So I'm mm-hmm. listening to him. Like, oh, okay. So I go into one of the rooms because I was a painter at that time. And um, and at that time, like I said, I I, I achieved the greatest that you could have hoped for in that lifestyle i was mm-hmm. running my neighborhood i had the power i could tell my homeboys like you 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 go do this shooting or go do whatever and they would have to do whatever i said but i used to like to do shooting that was my thing i so i used to go do most of them anyways but i just i had the power i had the respect i had a lot of girls women everything like i had everything in that lifestyle that you could hope for i achieved and I still wasn't happy. No matter what I, I achieved, I still wasn't happy. So I prayed, but I didn't know how to pray or nothing like that. I just thought about what he had said. And I said, God, help me to change. And then so I, I went right after work and I went and I did the shooting. Boom, 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 boom. 
and uh, we got in a high-speed chase and we crashed. And I'll put a little bit more on the story. I never usually tell this little bit of stories, but I'll give you special little <laughs> insights to my story. So well, we got in a high-speed chase and we crashed, boom, and the cop. So I'm, uh, I'm running and the cop's behind me and my friend, we're running side by side and he tells me, your gun, your gun revs. And when he tells me that, he starts running the different direction. Wouldn't you know it? The cops following me. So there was like a little hill, a little nothing hill. And I was young in shape at the time. I saw so running for the cop and I jumped in the hill and I was in the air. I threw my gun and I took a little tumble and I fell, but I should have just been able to get up like nothing. He kept running. But when I fell on the floor, my legs didn't work exactly how they are right now. Like my legs didn't, I'm on the floor and my legs don't work. I can't, I'm trying to get up and I can't get up. Like, it's like something was holding me down or something weird had just happened. Wow. So then the cop comes and gets me, handcuffs me and he gets my gun and he puts it on top of the cop car and he's like, um, get up. And I'm like, I can't, officer. And he's like, what do you mean you can't get up? I said, I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what's wrong with me, officer. My legs don't work. And as soon as he picked me up, my legs were normal. But I didn't really trip on like, what the heck just happened? That was really weird because I was just thinking, man, I got caught in the act. I just did years. I was still on parole. I, so I'm, I'm only thinking I'm going to get a bunch of years. So I, I didn't pay attention. Like, hey, that was really weird. I don't know what the hell just happened. Wow. So I'm in the county and I got... uh seven felonies and so i'm looking at life seven felonies uh, yeah seven felonies so and uh and like i said i was already i just did years for shooting and so and then um so i prayed that night i thought about again what that dude was telling me and i prayed and i don't remember the words i i said because i didn't even know how to pray or nothing like that but it's true that god knows your heart and because God knew my heart and I got saved. And I was just like, I remember just, I didn't remember what I was saying, but I was just like, basically like giving me one more chance to get out of God. And I promised I'll never touch a gun again and none of that kind of stuff. And just give me one more chance. And um, I got saved because, so I went to bed and when I went to sleep, I had a dream and something came in my dream. And it was some kind of like a creature or demon or something. Like I couldn't see its face, but I was just like the evil that and it was like so furious i think it was a demon bro i don't know it was something and it was in my dream and it was like furious on me in my dream in my dream i was scared and i said you know what jesus and i said jesus forgave me and when i said that to it it left it left and i woke up and i was a complete different person like something dramatically had happened to me but i didn't understand i didn't know nothing about nothing or i don't know what the heck happened i just knew that something inside dramatically changed because i remember during the daytime like about right now like at one o'clock in the afternoon i used to be getting my thoughts in my head like i could run up on my enemies like this and i could shoot them like this or i could catch my enemies like this and i would always only think things like that and it even used to worry me like man what's wrong with me i'll come all i ever think about is hurting people and doing bad things like that, like what's wrong with me? But after that night and all that, when I prayed and all that, all the evil thoughts and just everything inside of me, like totally changed. And I didn't understand, I didn't know what the heck was going on. So I started, it was in the county and I started reading my Bible. And I remember when I used to be in juvenile hall and in the youth authority, I used to try to read my Bible, but it used to be boring to me. <laughs> I didn't understand it. It was mm -hmm. like nothing to me. But after that night and I got saved and I started reading the Bible, the Bible came alive to me. And not only did it come alive to me, I was hungry for it. So I was reading and I was growing and I was learning like that. And then they had like their little Bible studies right there in the jail. So I started going to Bible studies 
like that. So I was like learning, growing like that. And then, but the mistake I made was I tried to walk on both sides of the fence. I was still kicking with all the fellas, all the guys in prison. Because I was a Southsider, like over in California prison, it's called Sureños. All the Latinos, whatever, were together. It's like the prison thing, whatever. But so I was with all the fellas, but then I would go to Bible study and read my Bible. So I was trying to do both um, like that. And because I didn't want people to think I picked up the Bible in jail because I had a lot of respect. I even had a lot of respect in jail. So I didn't want people. So I was trying to do both. And then um, so I got blessed. I only got a few years. So they sent me upstate and then I went to a, a level three yard. And anybody that knows about prisons in California, uh, level threes and level fours, that's the big times. Mm -hmm. That's where the, the lifers, the murderers, mm -hmm. you're under the gun at all times. They, the cops will kill you. Like it's the big time where all mm -hmm. the murderers and all that. Mm -hmm. They sent me right there to a level three yard. And my first day on the yard, as soon as I got right there, they told me, oh, we need you to do things. We need you to get these guys and do whatever. So I started getting in fights and doing stuff in there, going to the hole. So I just slowly but surely started falling away because it's just the prison, especially on a level three or four yard, that's the devil's playground. It's mm -hmm. all evil in there. So I started falling away. And because I didn't know nothing about I was just barely learning. I was just a barely baby Christian. I didn't know about mm -hmm. really this is what I was learning, reading. And then uh, so I and then I started so I started getting even a little bit of power in the prison on the level I was the yard I was at, they ended up giving me the keys to my area. So I even had was even getting power in prison and all that. And then the day I got out, um, all my homeboys were at my house, all my homeboys and my family, they had me a party. So I was right there with all of them, and uh, I tried to tell them, my, my little youngster, little homies were like, hey, we're so glad that you're out. The neighborhood hasn't been the same since you've been gone. We want you to run the gang again, and all this and that. They started telling me, and I told them, no, that, that's it for me. And they were like, what? What do you mean that's it? They're like, you're just saying that because you're fresh out of jail. You'll be back. You'll be back around. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, no, no, that's it. I said, I want to go to church. And they got mad when I said that. They all started arguing with me. So I'm arguing with all my homeboys and my family. I'm arguing with all of them. And then my own mother, my mother tells me, I'll disown you if you turn Christian. Because my family hated Christians. So she told me that I'll disown you. So I had like all of that. Plus I was fresh out. I wanted women and one sentence to another. Um, so I started messing around slowly but surely. And then, so I ended up get into what some to some guy and uh so i just went to this guy's house and i was just gonna kick down his front door and go inside the guy's house and get him inside of his house that's just a little glimpse of the type of person that i used to be to just go to somebody's house kick down their front door and go inside their house and get him i used to be real crazy like that well you, you know i was crazy to be to be the leader of a gang especially a big gang over here but um so I was doing that, and as I was kicking down the guy's front door, he shot me. Boom. He shot me out the side window. So when I got shot, and then I was on the floor, and he was trying to shoot me some more. Boom, boom, boom. And I was, like, trying to pull myself with my arms. And then uh, my brother ran and picked me up, and they took me to the car because I had no blood, and I didn't feel no pain or anything. So they, they took me to the car, and they're like, what's wrong with you? I told them, I don't know. I, I think I'm shot. I can't feel my legs. So then they lifted up my shirt, and they're like, yeah. You're shot, and then I hadn't. And I, the reason I had no blood is because the bullet it went through my my lung and it went into my spine. So all my blood was going into my lung, and I was choking on. So I was choking on my own blood. 
so as soon as they told me I was shot, I got scared, man. They told me you're shot. I was like, oh, man. So I tell myself, just hang on for the ambulance. Hang on for the ambulance. So then the ambulance comes, the cops and the ambulance, they're all on me. And they're all talking and all that. And I hear them, and they're like, he's not going to make it. His only chance is to call for the chopper. So they tell me, hey, we're going to call him for the chopper. We're going to airlift you. Hang on. And this and that. And they put an IV in me and all that. Blah, blah, blah. So I tell myself, okay, hang on for the chopper, hang on for the chopper. Finally, the chopper comes and they put me in it and we're flying. And as I'm flying, I the chopper. I'm like really scared and all that. But I just feel, and then so I got scared. Like I felt, righteously felt like I was dying. Like I felt like I was going to die at any second. So I got scared. I was just thinking in my mind, like, man, I was just about to get that guy in his house and all that. So I was thinking, I'm going to go to hell right now. The only thought, like, I didn't think about nothing else, but I was thinking, I'm going to go to hell right now because I'm dying. So I started calling out to Jesus. And it was a trip because I was all scared, dying, mostly physically, all jacked up. But once I started calling out to Jesus, I felt a wonderful peace came over me. And I can't even describe it to you in words because it's never even happened ever since again. But I was just so at peace so comforted so good i was okay and then ever since that that day the lord just started using my life for many things and like i there's another little part too that i never tell this part of the story because i didn't see it but this is my parents told me so right when i was shot and i was in there in the emergency room my parents went over there and then the doctor came out and the doctor told them this is what they my parents told me that the doctor told them it was like a miracle he said that the bullet was like coming right to my heart but then for like no apparent reason it just like ricocheted and went into my spine like it was going to hit my heart but then for no reason it just tune, turned the other way and it went into my spine and my, my the doctor told my parents it was like if an angel put uh, his hand in front of my heart because mm -hmm. he didn't understand how that it happened because the bullet was coming straight and it's for just no reason like stopped in midair and just tune, the opposite way boom so he told that to my, that's what my parents told me. Like, I didn't hear nothing, but that's what they told me. The doctor told them. And then, um, so even when I was in, so I was right there from day one, um, even like one time the nurse came in my, my hospital room and it was food up with gang members. They were all, it was all, so many gang members were in my hospital room and they were like, we're going to go get the guy. We're going to go get the guy that shot you. We're going to go get him. And I told them, no, let him go. And they were like, well, what do you mean? We're going to get him. I said, I don't understand what's wrong with me. I don't understand what's going on and all that, but I forgive them. Just let them go. And then uh, the, even the doctors were tripping out when they like see me. They're like in the hospital. They're like, man, we never seen a, a person like you before, especially when they're young. And we tell them they're never going to walk again. Usually we have to give them antidepressant medicines and all that. But I was cool. Like I am right now, the Lord gave me peace for my situation. And I was cool. So the doctors were like, we never seen a guy like you before. Can you go around the hospital and try to cheer up the other patients? So I was all shot up myself, but I would go around the hospital trying to talk to all the other the, um, patients. Like So God was already starting to use my, but I knew from day one, like I knew from the first day, I knew that I was supposed to die. And I knew that God, I felt was going to use me mightily. Like I felt like I know God left me for a reason so I, I always knew so but i always thought it was going to be for like in gangs and all that so as soon as i got out of the hospital i ended up starting going into juvenile halls so i was going into juvenile halls doing bible studies with all the little kids 
in the juvenile halls and I'll tell them, I used to be like you little kids. I was in the juvenile hall, youth authority, prison, just running my gang and all that, whatever, whatever. And the kids love me, so God was using me like that. And then I started going into prisons. And then I started speaking at a bunch of different churches, car shows, and I started being a chaplain at a hospital. So I'll go around the hospital praying with patients. So I was just only focused just on the gospel, like many things. And like now, my whole family got saved now. My whole oh, family. my gosh. I was wondering about your family. So they've they're all, all converted. They're Christian. Yeah. And they're serving in the churches. They're oh like good on fire for God. My mom and dad, they serve in their church everything like that but none of it was me like I, it wasn't me that was all god god did all mm -hmm. of that it was none none of me but now that my whole my whole family saved and even a lot of my ex-gang member homeboys uh the lord opened for me to share with a lot of my ex-gang friends and he was just using me a lot of things and then um speaking at churches and just things and then god um i felt who's called me to get into start with politics and so i started up Lexit, and then uh, how that started because I was a Democrat. Right. I was a lifelong like, Democrat, and reason why because a lot of Latinos and Blacks we grow up automatically thinking we're Democrats, and mm -hmm. like I was like, why? Well, my parents told me when I was, since I was a kid we're Democrats, and I was like, why? <laughs> that's a good question to ask, but we don't yeah. ask, especially as Hispanics. You just that's what you are, right? Yeah. So I uh, so I asked. I said why, and they said. Because the Republicans are for like the rich whites and the Democrats are for the minorities. So I was like, okay, I grew up thinking I'm a Democrat. Mm -hmm. So then um, as I was growing and God was using me and, and whatever, as I was growing in my faith and learning about the word and all that, whatever, I just seen that the Democrat Party was against all my godly moral values. I was like, and especially like Obama, when I was seeing where he was putting men in women's restrooms and just everything they were doing, I was like, what? I'm against killing babies and just, just everything about. So that led me, I started doing my research and I see what? The Democrats, they founded the KKK. And I was like, what? How come they didn't teach them that in school? Mm -hmm. I started reading about the past of the Democrat, like Robert Byrd, mm -hmm. and just everything about, and even Margaret Sanger was a racist. Like, mm -hmm. always, I'm like, how come they don't ever talk about none of that stuff in school, the racist past of the Democrats? So, I, so then I was like, you know what? I'm done with that. But then I was, like, I was like, as a Christian, I could no longer support this party. They go right. against all my godly moral values. Right. So then um, I seen what Candace came out with the Blexit. Candace so Owens, like, yes, with Blexit. Yeah, I seen, yeah, I seen that she came out with Blexit. So I was like... We need to start one. I talked to a few Latinos, a guy David Basuto and some other Latinos. I was like, we need to start up one for Latinos because, and then because that we, I was just constantly seeing on the news that it would kind of what got me, made me, made Lexit and made me and all that was the fake media mm -hmm. because I was just so sick, disgusted of the fake media attacking Trump propaganda 24 hours a day constantly just attacking trump mm -hmm. and they're like oh that he's racist and he don't like latinos and this and i was like what i don't know what they're talking about like me and all the latinos i know we like trump you know what i mean we want the wall we want all like we're i don't know what they're saying so then i was like nah we start I was like, we got to start one for latinos so then that's when uh we started exit and then ever since then it just took off and i feel the reason it took off is because Alexit, uh, we put God first above all yes. things. And we stand bold for the gospel, and we say it unapologetically, and we mm -hmm. don't compromise, and we we stand bold. And I say, like, you don't have to be Christian right. to be with Alexit, right. but we are. 
Right. We're not going to be ashamed of the gospel. We're Christians, and that's how we roll. Right, because I've heard you say, um, you know, it's not a Christian organization, but we are Christian. And you vote according to you know the issues and alignment with the Scripture, with the Bible. With the Bible, Th- yeah. That's right. And so that is something that I think I have, that has drawn me to want to interview you, is because you, your mission, you know, when you think of Blexit and Lexit, uh, you know, you have the, the, the organization, you have the movement, and you have the statements, Right. So whenever I started listening to you and learning about you and I started telling other people, a lot, some people still don't know about you, and I think we need to increase that, okay? And I know you... That's the problem, see, with see what you said. See, that's why I criticize, like, the Republican Party, that pisses me off so much is because they've never done one thing to help us at all in any way, shape, or form. That's why I always tell them, like, and I've talked to... I've been at the headquarters of the RNC. Mm-hmm. I've talked to... And they always say, yeah, 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 we're... we're but then they don't ever do anything. I always tell them it's like having Kobe Bryant and you're leaving him on the bench. Like you see us, we got the momentum, we got the huge numbers, we got everything. Numbers are going up with Latinos. Where are you guys at? Why aren't you helping us? Why aren't you reaching out? Like walk am I in at CPAC or mm-hmm. look at me like ex-gang member from the hood, conservative, good Christian and all that. You think the Republican Party would have me speaking at Trump's thing or be speak like, like I said, at CPAC, at everything, they don't. Mm-hmm. They like, what are what are they doing? Why don't? What do you? I just don't understand. Right, and they need to. And I think that's a, a good point you're making because I know, like, uh, you know, you've been featured on PragerU and Turning Point, but that's usually people that are already looking for those conservative, you know, kinds of topics, right? They know to go there or Fox News or things like that. But if we, we can get you, like you just recently spoke at TCU, right, in, uh, Texas Christian University in Dallas, yeah. um, talking to the younger generation of voters, right, and educating them. One of the things that came out here last month, and this is from the National Association of Latino Elected Appointed Officials in Washington, D.C., were the projections for the voters, okay, specifically Latino voters and non-Latino voters. So they are saying that right now, and this is huge, and so your point is well taken. They're saying at least 11.6 million Hispanic Latinos will cast ballots in 2022. That's a 71.4% increase in the number of Hispanic voters from 2014. We are the most important vote out there right now. And you've made a concerted effort to, and you, you make so many great points, because most Hispanics are Catholic, right? Most, not all. Or Christian. Right. Or you have Pentecostals, but Christian, right? And, you know, talking about faith and talking about politics are usually not things that we do. We don't really do it. But I do. And now you do. And that's what the devil, yeah, because that's what the devil wants us to do. You know what I mean? He doesn't, the left, the Democrats, they don't want us to talk about faith. They don't want us to talk about pro-life. They don't want us to talk about God, especially now that they're trying to push that transgender and all that in our schools and all that crap. They don't want us to focus on the Bible. But as believers, that should be the number one thing. And of course, um, they don't want us to. That's what we need to get back to that and that's why america is all jacked up the way it is is because 
they've been trying to take God away from everything. Well, taking God out already makes that's the big that's a big mistake, right? So I know like Denise and Carmen that are with your organization, they talk a lot about educational choice and some of them homeschooling, and now the homeschoolers are going to come under attack now. And, and already are in a lot of places. And we have CRT being shoved down our throats and, uh, you know, socialism in the schools at a very young age. And so I know one of the other things that your organization is doing is encouraging people to join school boards. And joining the school board is a fabulous idea because people want to get involved and want to do something, be a part of the conservative voice and stop this unnecessary, ridiculous, uh, with what I think as a psychologist, I see a lot of this as child abuse that's being instituted into the educational um, schools right now um, under the <laughs> under the mask of anti-bullying propaganda, yeah. right? They're sneaking that in there. Yeah, but imagine if you go in there and try to talk about Jesus and see what they, they'll say, you know what I'm saying? But they could be teaching our kids, but it shows they're like, oh, we're not trying to groom your kids, but they're so mad to try to groom the kids. You know what I mean? Like, why why do you care about telling a little kindergartner about sex? You should not. Remember when we went to school? We only talked about math, science, English. Stay on that. Why do you have to talk at all to a little kid about so they're righteously pushing that, they're trying to make it normalize it, and they're trying to groom children, which is totally disgusting. That's why I said they don't want us to be pushing our faith. They don't want that, and that's what we as like you said, Latinos, and most of us are Catholic or Christian, so we need to focus on that. That's what I said. It's just that's why I say more because I'm kind of disappointed or whatever in the Republican Party. That's why I say I'm a conservative because um, the Republican Party they let me down. Like I'm at the beginning, first couple of years, I was all trying to whatever, but now I gave up on them. Like there seems like they're never so we just do our own thing and we're just trying to because I'm done waiting on them and it seems like. Well, let's use the term constitutionalist then, you know, because that's actually more in alignment, right? Because the founding fathers built the Constitution all on the Christian principles. No, I said I'm a Biblican. Oh, you're Biblican. And you also always say that you're an American Mexican instead of a Mexican-American because you love this country. Yes. And I know you say that a lot. But I, th- I, one of the things that I think, uh, Jesse, that I, I really do appreciate, again, t- to reiterate, is the fact that you are on a mission to to educate the Hispanic community at all different levels about how our values, and, and again, I'm talking generalities because there's always outliers and individuals that don't, aren't the same, right? But basically, we are pro-family. We are pro-life. We are pro-Second Amendment. We are pro-freedom and less government intrusion, Right. And and educational choice, these kinds of things so that we can. And equality is not the same as equity for us. You know, we we want to we don't we're not victims. Right. Of of society. We're entrepreneurs. Yeah. Like like you said, most that's what we deal with it on a daily basis. But most Latinos are conservative. They just don't know it. Like the list you're going down, just go down the list and you're telling them you're pro second amendment. Right. You don't like them pushing this gay and all this agenda in your kids in school. Right. No. You know what I mean? You're against killing babies, right? You're pro-God, right? Like, go down the lid, you lower taxes, right? You want a secure border, like, and they're going to be like, yeah, 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 yeah. So what the hell are you voting Democrat for? And then, mm-hmm. But it always goes back to everything, race, race, mm-hmm. everything. Because see, that's what they do. And that's what the, the Democrat Party and the left has used so good. That's They use that to manipulate minorities, blacks mm-hmm. and Latinos. They'll, like, they use it like a carrot, like, look, look, race, race. 
keep look, look your eyes on this. Don't focus on pro-life or killing babies. Now we want to even kill them after they're born and all that. Don't focus on that. Don't focus that we're teaching your kids about transgender and all this and that. Just don't, don't focus on that. Look at race, race, everything race. Don't look about the, the economy. Don't look at the gas prices. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everything races. They've been doing that for so long. And then that's why I'm effective is because people that know me, they know that I love God. They know that I'm really real and like that. And they know I'm just an everyday Latino. I don't try to be, I ain't no politician. I ain't, I'm just an everyday Latino and all that. So, and then I'm from the hood and then they hear my story and all that. So that's what I'm saying is that if the Republican party, they were smart, they would, they would use me. They would, when if they ever part party had something like that and see the left knows, you see them, they'll have Cardi B, they'll have rappers and whatever up there. Yeah. They'll be up there saying Despacito, oh trying to Bethel, or Rourke will be trying to speak Spanish to right. them. They know the, the Democrat Party, they knows. And look at the Republican Party. You have a golden asset right there that even because I'm telling you, I'll talk to people. They could be a hard job Democrat or whatever. And even then they like my story. They're like, oh, and they respect me, oh, we can relate to you, or they know that I'm real, or what. You think that the Republican Party would be using that, like, right. hey, let's use this guy to talk to them, just give them, help them, or whatever. But like I said, I'm done waiting on them. We have a big, we we built a big enough platform on our own, so we just do our own thing. We stopped waiting on that, counting on well, that. Well, I do think that, they, that, they, that it would be wise if they did start uh, aligning with Lexit, because right now, you know, you have, um, what is it, uh, Title 42 or whatever that's coming where they're uh, that's going to be lifted here shortly and you have all of these immigrants that are going to be well they're already flooding across Texas border but what's been really interesting what has been really interesting to me and as I said to you earlier when we first spoke um, you know my family has been involved in politics along the Texas border for generations my grandfather was a mayor of Eagle Pass and I have you know some people that have served in politics. And right now, and, and, and sadly, I mean, they were Democrat, and some of them still are, and they're switching over, right? And um, you have some conservative Democrats. But what's w- w- wonderful that's happening, there are a lot of people think, oh, the Hispanics, you know, want to have open borders. They want to have, no, they do not, especially along the borders. And a lot of those Democratic seats are turning from uh, blue to red. And we have to continue to flip those seats. And a lot of people are, do not realize that. They don't, they discount the Lat- uh, Latino Hispanic vote and the power of, of us to have a voice in this uh, society. They do. It's very sad that hopefully the Republican Party will wake up. Mm-hmm. So, Jesse, tell people how they can get involved with your with your organization, how they can support it, get involved, um, work with you. If you want to support us, like I said, the Republican Party or nobody helps us. We just help our own selves. We're uh, we don't make no money. Every money we're nonprofit. Money goes to the organization. So we sell uh, Lexit gear to make money, whatever. But we do even programs. We feed the homeless. Um, it's, we do stuff like that. So uh, if you can help us by go just go to um, our website at We Are Lexit and you, and you could uh, donate to us. You know what I mean? Or else too, if you want to interested in joining one of our chapters or even starting your own chapter somewhere, you can go on our website and just uh, right there and sign up or join up join the fight and you could you could be a uh join our, our one of our chapters or success like you can start up a chapter and, or you could donate on our website or you could buy lexi gear okay yeah there's uh i know there are t-shirts and all kinds of different things that you all sell um so okay the chapters uh you have some in several states but you haven't done one you do not have some in every state so you still need some to be started right 
Yeah, we still need some. Okay. So if you're interested in starting a chapter, just go to our website and sign up. Okay, we are Lexit. We are Lexit.com. Dot com. We are Lexit.com. Okay, uh, any other things to add, Jesse? Or um, I'm so glad to have you on this program today. I just want to say that we're in a spiritual battle right now. It's not even about right or left, Republican or Democrat. It's good versus evil. We're in the last days. And if you ain't right with God, Jesus is coming soon. You better make sure you're right with God and then get in the fight. Like we're about to lose America. You mm-hmm. see this agenda they're pushing on our kids in schools and it's just going to get worse and worse. It's going to be full-blown communism. So if you ain't going to get involved now, when? This is the time we need to. So, like I say, I tell everybody, if I'm going down, I'm going down swing. You know I mean? <laughs> I'm not going to just sit back. I'm going to go. I'm going to be fighting till I enter the FEMA camps or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but you need to get involved. And uh, I just want to say my closing words is always uh, say, God, all things possible. And give all credit to my Savior, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And remember, Latinos don't have to be Democrats. That's exactly right. And like Jesse said, it's time to watch, to pray, to encounter, and to make our voices heard. And always, always remember there are two kinds of fire in the world, the one that burns and consumes and the one that burns and empowers. May God's word and God's love burn brightly in you, giving you strength to face any fire. Till next time, little embers, I'm Marie with Jesse Holkeen of Lexit. See you soon. Through the Fire is a production of Family Vision Media, familyvisionmedia.org.